Welcome back to Season 5 of the Anglo-Omani Society Podcast. Today I'm excited to welcome Suleiman Rokeshi, who is the Head of In-Country Value Business Development at Petroleum Development in Oman. Suleiman graduated from Sultan Qaboos University in 2005 with a Bachelor's in Science and completed a Master's in Business Administration from the University of Strathclyde. With 10 years working at Royal Dutch Shell and now 7 years at PDO, Suleiman Rokeshi is an experienced voice within petroleum development sector. In this podcast, we talk about the, his in-country value in Oman, PDO's in-country value projects, and the future prospects and challenges the Sultanate and the wider region face. We hope you enjoy. Well, welcome, Suleiman, to the uh, Anglo-Mani Society podcast. I'm really excited to have you on. And by way of beginning, I was wondering if you could tell our listeners a bit about your background. Yes, thank you very much, uh, James. The pleasure is all mine. I'm very happy to be part of the podcast here today. Uh, my name is Suleiman Rokeshi. I am working for Petroleum Development Oman, heading the in-country value business development unit. And in my line of work, we uh, manage the identification, framing, and developing the detailed implementation plans for in-country value opportunities. We're also responsible for developing strategies for the localization of research and development related to our uh, field of work. And yeah, that's the background about myself. Oh, amazing. And you say you're working at uh, PDO, Petroleum Development Oman. Yes. Where did you study and um, did you work anywhere before coming to PDO? Yes. So I completed my bachelor's degree in computer science uh, back in 2005. And I was fortunate to you know, have my first job with Shell. Um, and because I was associated with them with a couple of internship projects during my undergrad days. And I started as an operation analyst with Shell, uh, worked my way through uh, becoming in, uh, in the, working in the finance and business uh, division as a planning appraisal advisor for Oman. And I really, from an early stage, developed a keen interest around application of data and strategy development. So from there, I started a master's of business administration with the University of Strathclyde in Glasgow, um, focused on strategy. And it was during that program that um, I got uh, a job uh, opportunity with PDO, joining the ICB team. So I was able to focus my thesis program during the master's degree on in-country value. Yeah. So it was an initial nine years, uh, steep learning curve with Shell, uh, interesting times and, uh, and great learning and development. And later on, I joined PDO. Yeah. Oh, incredible. And it, it sounds um, with Shell and PDO that petroleum has been a large part of your career. Were you interested in petroleum beforehand? Yes, actually, during my undergrad days, James, I had a uh, checklist of the kind of company that I would like to, or a wish list, uh, if you like, you know, for the kind of company that I'd like to work for. So for me, in my wish list, it was a company that had a global reach, you know, a company that had a diverse workforce because I wanted to interact with uh, people from different backgrounds, um, you know, and um, different cultures. Uh, a company that, you know, sort of, uh, you know, has a passion for tech and interest on technology. Because, I, you know, I, I'm very passionate about tech. And uh, a company, last but least, a company that has an interest on their people and their development. So it was, uh, for me, back in 2005, you know, the petroleum industry actually ticked all the boxes in my wish list. So I was fortunate, you know, to to join the journey with the petroleum industry and grow ever since, yeah. 
Incredible. And it sounds also from what you're saying, and I, I was hoping you could begin um, talking a bit about uh, in-country value. You've said it a few times, and I was just wondering for our listeners if you could um, explain what that means and how it's important yeah. to Oman. Yeah. So in country, if we start with the official definition, you know, in-country value is the uh, total spend retained in country that uh, benefits business development, contributes towards human capability development, and stimulates the productivity within the local economy. So in short, it's, you know, goods and services made in Oman by skilled Omanis. Yeah. And um, the premise here is that billions of US dollars has been spent in the past within the industry for the procurement of goods and services, and will continue to do so for, for, for the next years yeah, to come. And also outside the, the industry, you know, billions of US dollars are spent on goods and services related to constructing you know, power and water facilities, to construct buildings, to construct um, logistics infrastructure. So hence the, the opportunity to really leverage on contracting and procurement, which is the process that governs the spend, you know, to stimulate local investments. Yeah? So as an example, if we are buying chemicals from abroad and the added value that we are getting within the local economy or country is the income tax or the, uh, the import tax from procuring that particular chemical. So the idea here is that can we expand to have that particular chemical manufactured locally? All right. Uh, that would attract you know, potential investments, whether it's foreign or local, that would you know, create jobs locally. And that would even sort of, you know, potentially have, you know, research and development related to that particular chemical happening locally, you know. So it's, that's ICD in a nutshell, really trying to attract investments, you know, around the area that we heavily procure and trying to um, create local jobs and, and uh, even, you know, to have R&D happening locally. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. And it, it sounds quite a broad concept that it's, it, it can encapsulate a lot of things. And I was just wondering, are there any limits to what could qualify? under in-country value? Yes. So in terms of uh, limits, actually, I, I, I see them as more of focus areas, you know, and they fall under different uh, perspectives. So if you're talking about uh, the goods and services perspective, the limits there would be, does it add value? You know, so if we're procuring a good today from an agent from abroad, right, um, can we have the, the repair and maintenance? Because some of our some of the goods that we procure for the industry, you know, for major and minor repairs, they're shipped out of the country, you know, because we don't have repair and maintenance facility happening locally. So the added value here, can we have, for example, the repair happening locally? Do we have the economy of scale to have, um, for example, the, the, the assembly of that particular equipment locally? Can we manufacture? So it all depends on leverage. It all depends on economy of scale, how much spend we are, uh, we are actually spending on that particular good. So it's added value. So the added value is the first focus area. Um, when it comes to the jobs, you know, there the focus will be on jobs which are skilled and above. So we're talking about this, uh, the skilled, the supervisory, the professionals, and the senior management. These are the focus areas when it comes to job creation. Uh, not the, um, you know, versus, of course, the other category, which is, you know, unskilled. So that's the focus area when it comes to jobs. Um, when it comes, and the third focus area is around sustainability, you know, because our focus is to create, um, you know, opportunities or to deliver opportunities which are competitive, that are meeting our demand and potentially exporting. So those are the, you know, the, those are the limits or the focus areas that we look at when we, uh, when we in include ICV opportunities into our, our funnel. 
Yeah, and it, I think it touches upon actually what was going to be my next question. But what are what are the processes by which you evaluate or um, execute uh, in-country value opportunities? Yes, that's a great question. So uh, I'll take you through the process. Actually, we start with um, analysis as a value chain analysis. We do analyze our spend in various categories within the oil and gas sector. So that we, you know, categories will include what we spend in chemicals, what we spend in engineering, what we spend in infrastructure logistics, and so on and so forth. Right? There are many categories within the, the, uh, you know, the oil and gas industry of spend. So what we do is we analyze them based on various matrices. So how much we spend, how much we hold in our inventory for those particular goods, uh, what is the lead time for procurement. So these are examples of matrices where we are able to screen potential opportunities. So after we screen the potential opportunities, we go into a scoping exercise where we will be engaging with technical expertise and subject matter experts to try to determine whether these opportunities are worth pursuing or not. You know? um, so there's a lot of interaction there with, with the uh, technical expertise and subject matter experts, you know, just to see if it's, a, it's a, if it's a go for that particular opportunity. And once we have a decision there, we list that particular opportunity into our funnel of ICD opportunities that we will be focusing on. After that, you know, we do a mapping for that particular opportunity with the with a potential business prospect. In our case, in PDO, it's it's about contracts. So every opportunity has you know a particular you know contract that it's mapped to, and every contract has a timeline, which is basically naturally where the end of it will be when the contract expires. So before the contract expires. What we do is we do a strategy session, and in the strategy session, we work out, you know, what is the you know roadmap for realizing that particular opportunity. So a typical contract strategy would include, uh, for example, us specifying that we will want that facility to be established locally. Uh, it would include how much you know omanization we want. What's the level of omanization that we are after? Is it forty percent? Is it fifty percent? And what levels are they that the omanization going to be tackling? Um, it includes targets for R&D, research, and it could even include sort of targets for local sourcing of goods and services. So that is during the strategy phase, and we specify the requirements. And after we obtain the relevant approvals, those um, strategy uh, elements become part and parcel of the contractual requirements. Um, and then after that, we have a period where there is evaluation happening, technical and commercial evaluation for the bids, that is when the contractors are, or the bidders are, you know, sort of competing to, to be awarded that scope of work. So they will, each bidder will submit an in-country value plan, which by minimum will include the targets that we've specified, you know, uh, that is the prerequisite for them to continue in the, towards the commercial evaluation. So, and they have the freedom to include more ICT elements. So if we specify that we want, for example, let's say, let's say 50% in the technical expertise, right? Uh, if, they, if a contractor meets that requirement and even specify, let's say, 70%, that is an additional, an extra mile that the contractor will be basically incentivized, you know, during, uh, during the commercial and the technical evaluation model. So that's an evaluation model comparing each contractor based on their price, based on their quality, and based on ICD as well. The outcome, of course, is an award. And once the contractor is awarded the, uh, the contracts, then we move into the finals, phase of the ICV, which is, you know, uh, post-award assurance and uh, monitoring. 
And in that case, we will be following up with the contractor on a quarterly basis to understand where are they within their plans. And uh, those ICV plans will be audited as well. Um, and that's basically how we mature ICV opportunities here in PDO. Oh, I mean, that's it, it sounds like a, a process that's been thought out at every stage and that there's lots of time and effort dedicated at each stage so that it's actually implemented in the final goal, not just um, either forgotten at a certain point or just as a, as a goal to begin with. It's very interesting. And I, I wanted to, to move to more of the, the tangible examples. And in the case of PDO, what do you think are some of the major successes that have occurred in the ICV field? Yes, so from uh, the inception of the country value programs back in 2011, um, ICV was officially launched uh, in the oil and gas industry in 2011. Now, ever since we've, we've realized around 82 opportunities, um, of which 69 were the factories that were operationalized. Yeah, These are the factories and the facilities were built on the ground from the inception uh, of the ICV program officially in the oil and gas industry. And the spend that was uh, you know, geared towards these Opportunities was you know ever since was around 2.4 billion US dollars, you know, and these opportunities actually attracted investments with you know they are both foreign and uh, local investment combined around 360 million US dollars. Oh. Yeah, so the program works. The program works. It's a success. And um, just to you know sort of share some of the major successes within the field, uh, you know many of the opportunities that were operationalized were competitive, added value to the business in the sense that it has reduced lead time and in many cases actually reduced the cost. So local manufacturing, you know, compared to import, most competitive import case, it was actually, you know, a savings actually for the business. And that, that is in, in many of the cases. There were cases where it was not the case, but, um, but this is just to highlight some of the advantages of, of ICV, you know. You know, examples of uh, local manufacturing opportunities that were realized are the you know, local manufacturing of the uh, drill bits, you know, and in the oil and gas industry, uh, local manufacturing of electrical submersible pumps and the local manufacturing of and, and blending of chemicals. These are some of the opportunities, in, you know, that realize the benefit that I've explained earlier. Um, when it comes to small and medium enterprises, that's another highlight as well. A lot of support, a lot of focus from the company for small and medium enterprises, particularly let's, if we give an example, uh, the SMEs who are, that are working in the space of information technology, so application development and the likes. So earlier, they didn't much penetrate the, uh, the energy sector, the oil and gas industry, but then a lot of collaboration between you know, the team and the Ministry of Communication and Technology and the uh, incubation, incubation centers that uh, are working with the ministry and were able to introduce some of these uh, small and medium enterprises, and they were able to excel in the jobs that were pro provided and allocated to them. You know, um, you know, met the schedule and came out very competitively, yeah, which really instilled the confidence on these small and medium enterprises. Another highlight is the, um, the omanization, you know, and the local job creation agenda that is led by the national objectives team. And that is actually really a success. The team were able to go beyond, you know, the, the extra mile of working with the national institutions, the national training institutions, and, you know, crafting um, training for employment programs, you know, on-job training programs that prepare the workforce in areas where it was actually a gap in the past, you know. And, you know, examples of that would be the HSC advisors, the designers, you know, um, it's just examples to highlight the success there. Uh, so these are some of the major highlights. The journey continues. 
of course. Uh, you know the the the, uh, the saying that we have here in the about ICV in video is that you know ICV is a marathon, and without a finish line, there's always an area of improvement. Oh, I mean, it it definitely it, and it sounds like a it's an ongoing process and something that is always developing and evolving. And I think in your response just then, I think you've again anticipated my next question, but uh, it was some of the examples that you gave. But are there any industries or companies that PDO has a particular relationship in terms of ICV or um, any sectors that they work particularly for ICV? Yes, we're trying now to build an alliance with key public and private companies, you know, mainly around um, solving the key challenges that are facing the uh, local vendors, you know, and the local small and medium enterprises. So in particular, you know, we, we partner with the Ministry of Commerce and Industry. Uh, we partner with, uh, with the Vision 2040 implementation follow-up units uh, to really try. And we also partner with the, with the public authority for SME development, you know. So these are our partners, uh, the organization and the entities locally that we try to, you know, further enhance the ICV program. We've been working within the oil and gas industry for the past years. Now, you know, in our new corporate strategy, you know, collaboration and, you know, alliances with, uh, with key partners is, is the way forward. So these are some of our key partners that we work with, James. Amazing. I mean, it, it definitely seems to fall within the, the larger changes that are happening in Oman. Um, and I was wondering, what are some of the current ICV projects that PDO is, uh, is working on, if, if you can uh, tell me about any of them? Yes, we are currently... So what I just mentioned was one of them. So we're working very closely with the uh, Ministry of Commerce and Industry. We're making working very closely with the, the Authority of Industrial States, uh, Medayan, with the Public uh, Authority for SME Development, uh, some of the financial institutions. Um, and the idea here is to really, through these alliances, you know, solve some of the key challenges that the local vendors that, that I mentioned, you know, and the small and medium enterprises are are facing. So this is a project that we are we are working on. And it's a project that we're working on to really try to enable the ecosystem to sort of challenges related to access to markets, access to infrastructure, access to finance, and access to technology. These are the key, you know, sort of objectives that we're trying to um, solve or to achieve in, in, in partnership with the uh, partners within the ecosystem, you know. And this goes hand in hand with, uh, with what you just mentioned, which is the TAZIS program, yeah. Um, We've also, you know, succeeded in the past around conventional manufacturing. So, you know, realize opportunities around conventional manufacturing. Right now, there's a lot of focus on additive manufacturing and 3D printing, you know, as a, one of the future trends. We've surveyed the local market. We've uh, understood the strengths and the weaknesses. And we're now, you know, building a strategy uh, for developing local capabilities and the detailed implementation plans around that area. Um, another key project is energy transition. You know, we're trying to also you know, uh, try to identify opportunities around and roadmaps for energy transition. Um, we are also working with the government to promote ICV nationally. It's currently a work in progress, but it's one of the key focus, focus areas for the business development team within, uh, within PDO. That makes a lot of sense. And would you, would you say it's fair to say that these are the areas maybe that ICV is shifting either some focus towards or shifting towards for PDO's future in terms of ICV? Yes, yes, it is. It is. Um, it's one of the areas that PDO is focusing on. So it's, uh, it's, it's shifting towards focusing ICV opportunities to the future trends, energy renewables, fourth industrial revolution, 
future skill sets, uh, you know, supporting a national and wide adoption of ICV. And, uh, you know, in this pursuit, actually, uh, PDO has, uh, you know, in, uh, won, you know, international awards like the ADIPAC Award, which is, an, in, which is a prestigious industrial platform for oil and gas and energy sector. So PDO won award there on, on ICV and local content. And also PDO won the Shell Impact Upstream Award as well for the you know, initiatives around in-country value. So we would like to, you know, that's part of our aspirations in the future of ICV program and PDO is to become a center of excellence, you know, advising, advising, you know, potential, you know, partners on how to develop ICV, whether locally or even internationally. Now, that, that's really interesting. And I guess the, the question of not only PDO's future of, for ICV and things like that, but it seems to draw in a lot of much larger issues or, or um, changes that are happening in the world, but also in Oman. I mean, I think you've answered this somewhat, but I was just wondering if you had any other comments on what, what the future of ICV in Oman would look like. And are there any sectors, I think you've mentioned some, but that are particularly exciting for this hopeful opportunity? Yes. So we had the privilege of working with the Minister of Commerce and Investment Promotion in piloting ICV for um, two key sectors, yeah? Because we, the intention was to develop a national strategy for ICV, but then we, the steer was, let's, let's pilot ICV for two key sectors to start with and see how it goes, you know? It was an exciting journey. And uh, from, the, from the study, you know, um, there were around 34 opportunities that were identified, you know, within the health and the utility sector. When I say the utility sector, I mean power, uh, you know, and water, yeah. And these 34 opportunities, yeah, were actually worth 3.7 billion Omani Rial within the next 10 years, yeah. So this is just by tackling these two key sectors. So uh, when you when you talk about when we when we when, when we say the impact, you know, for Oman in the wider economy, I think by tackling the rest of the sectors and you know developing a national strategy, the, the, there will be you know a sort of a transformation. Um, you know, in, in the uh, nationally, you know, geared towards, you know, attracting local investment, both local and international investment, you know, so, um, and realizing opportunities in the ground. I mean, that sounds, again, very, very hopeful. And um, I guess one question that I always ask a lot of our guests on, on the different fields that we interview them on is just the impact COVID has had. And, and I was just wondering, from your perspective, what impact do you think COVID has had, you know, in your field in ICV and things like that? Yeah. Um, so generally, you know, a fall in consumer and uh, business spending does threaten the operations and solvency of local and international goods and service providers. You know, and as a repercussion, workers in these service providers are, are vulnerable to income loss and, and possible layoffs. Yeah. So small and medium enterprises in particular are, you know, economically vulnerable and less resilient to economic downfalls. In PDO in, PDO in particular, um, you know, there has been a lot of efforts to counter these issues. You know, so ICV was part and parcel of every decision made while contracts were being reviewed last year. Yeah, that's to start with, and it continues to do so during this, this time. So there was, you know, proactive engagement to look for contractual and operational ICV opportunities. You know, that, that went on as well. A lot of the efforts were geared towards, you know, contracts reaching their end to support the personnel to roll over to existing contracts within the company. So if there are, are contracts that are reaching 
the end of their of their of their time and they're getting expired you know there's a lot of effort going on you know um redeploying those personnel to other contracts so that they do not face layoff issues you know and um so you know efforts in and icv continued business as usual you know we did not actually stop icv because because of the current situation uh, so and in pd you know and in, in addition to what i've mentioned earlier in video because there was no drastic reduction in overall scope and projects in this case you know the the impact on icv was almost nil you know because of the the measures that we took in place and because of business continuing uh, as usual with no drastic reduction in scope well that's again i mean it's very hopeful and, and a lot of sectors i think have suffered um from COVID, but it, sound, it sounds like PDO and the ICV program within PDO is really showing the way how the future for Oman could be. Um, yes, there's a lot of there's a lot of focus on ICV. There is a you know there is a, a corporate plan, uh, a corporate strategy for ICV that's been rolled out uh, last year uh, for for PDO and is focusing on the opportunities that that needs to be delivered within the next five years. There's a lot of collaboration with the the ministries, you know. Um, and ICV is already sort of, you know, uh, engineered into the ways of working within PDO. You know, you know, critical decisions always involve ICV as a criteria, like contract award, contract strategies. You know, uh, even local business development. When we talk about, uh, you know, developing local companies, our engineering teams as well, they are all involved in in, in supporting ICV. So it's been it's been uh, it's been a great journey, and uh, I think the key enabler there is the leadership in PDO. The leadership in PDO really believes in ICV and they're able to, you know, transfer that energy and that enthusiasm with their key stakeholders within uh, the local government as well. So that, that is one of the success factors of, 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 um, of ICV in PDO. Well, well, I mean, all I can hope for is that in the future that this keeps developing and that this the opportunities and, and the programs that are being implemented now uh, mature and, and help Oman develop further in the future. Um, yes. Um, right now, so, I think the, the, the focus that we have along with the team is really to continue the journey, work closely with the key industry and cross-sector partners in, in maturing ICV further. There has been also you know, an excellent initiative that is going to be concluded soon, uh, but it's going to be working closely with the University of Sultan Qaboos you know, to um, develop a master's program on ICV. So that we can educate the community on, you know, what is the you know best practices around ICV, you know, how to go about, you know, resolving the key issues, how to go about strategizing and even implementing ICV later on. So it's been a great journey, and um, you know, it's uh, it's it's uh, one of those great you know um, opportunities that I had throughout my career to work in, and it, it has this direct relationship to, you know, uh, contributing towards the country. Wow. Well, I couldn't think of a, of a better message to end on. So I think all I will say is thank you so much. And I'm sure the Anglo Mighty Society will check in again in the future as this, as this field and, and the work that you're doing continues to develop. So thank you so much for being on the podcast and I hope everything goes well with you in the future. Thank you very much for having me, James. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the society, please head to ao-soc.org and we look forward to welcoming you next week.